Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. Celebrating 10 years of award-winning car talk, it's the In Wheel Time car show. Today, coming to you from the In Wheel Time studios in right Hollywood, here. Texas. Right here. Coming up, Mr. Morris reviews the 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee. No, not the Jeep. <laughs> that was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, you been got here? Th- what do you got this week? The 2021 Kia Sorento X-Line all-wheel drive. I don't know what I did oh, there, my. the Kia Sorento. All right, well, I, I, I made a mistake. You Imagine what? that. What? Me? What? There's Me? my shocked look. Uh, we'll have the events calendar. So we'll also four. have this week's <laughs> auto news headlines. That and more just ahead on today's In Wheel Time Car Show. Howdy, mm-hmm. along with Mike, out of this world Mars. Yes, King Conrad DeLong is, is back in all of his splendid all glory. Right. Well, I don't we know need that. more Jeb Zekin. <laughs> I'm Don Armstrong. Glad you could join us today. Thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And also joining us right now uh, via Zoom is Jamie Sullivan. What? He's with Dirk, D E R. Q. Jamie, what? Well, first of all, welcome and thanks for joining us. What does Dirk stand for? Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, so great to be back. Uh, actually, it, it really doesn't stand for anything. It's just a. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, our, our founders are consultants, and they were looking for a unique four-letter um, uh, word to have oh. for a website. You well, can ask uh, us. They, I was just going to say, you're glad that they didn't ask me because I mean, <laughs> I, I got to come up with some four-letter words. Well, but, but, but Dirk's <laughs> a memorable name. Okay, so it, it an, is yeah. an MIT spinoff that developed and and. Uh, automated platform that integrates with connected and automated vehicles, correct? Correct, yeah. We're, we're a software platform uh, that is focused on collision avoidance uh, as well as uh, analytics and traffic safety uh, types of solutions. Oh, my God. Well, it's way above my pay grade. Yeah, and when, he, when he said MIT, it's above yeah. all of our pay grade. <laughs> I want M-O-U-S-E. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what is it that you guys are working on today? So yeah, so ideally, what we're focused on is is providing you know severity levels of uh, analytics around intersections and those kinds of things to help cities, departments of transportation understand how dangerous an intersection is. You know, we all you know travel through intersections and go, wow, this is a dangerous intersection. But essentially, what we do is we take that data from you know cameras, sensors, detection devices that exist at, at intersections process it, and then develop, uh, you know, models and dashboards to help cities and DOTs understand what the real dangers are for those so that they can, you know, put in uh, mitigation or safety solutions to, to help make it a safer environment. Are most, then, of, are most of the uh, issues when it comes to intersections, are they designed into it by mistake? Uh, well, I mean, intersections are designed for vehicles, right? And what's happening more and more is that there's other forms of transportation taking place at those intersections now. And so they need to start to implement technologies that are going to accommodate for pedestrians, cyclists, uh, ADA H- Homeless people looking for free money. Yeah, yeah all sorts of things, right? So with that in some of the data that you analyze, you know, I hear conversations time to time about short yellow lights are more dangerous intersections than long yellow lights. Is that some of the data that you might provide as well? Yeah, we actually have the capability of, from from the analytics side, we then can leap over to actually the connected vehicle side. So we could take what's happening. So think of it as situational awareness of what's happening in intersections. So if we, we essentially see that there's a potential for a collision or uh, a red light uh, runner or some, some type of an event, 
we can then notify uh, signal controller infrastructure and those kinds of things to take uh, corrective actions to, to make it a safer, safer environment. So, uh, and then certainly, obviously, communicating with connected vehicles uh, to help them take uh, mitigative actions as well. Of course, you know, when you talk about uh, connected vehicles, everybody's going to say, uh-oh, Big Brother's finally getting into my car. And I'm sure that you've heard that before. How do you battle that? Well, I, th I think, you know, we'll, we'll let Tesla and those guys uh, fight that fight. But because essentially what we do is all the offboard perception. So, you know, Tesla and, and the other connected vehicle manufacturers, they're great with the sensors that they have on board, but they can't see around a bus. Right. They can't see around other vehicles. Um, and that's what what Dirk does is we take that that data that's happening at the intersection and then we can communicate that to a vehicle that can't see around a bus and somebody's about to step in front of that bus and right in front of their vehicle uh, to communicate that to them to you know let the vehicle know that it needs to stop because it's about to have a collision. And that vehicle stops, but the guy behind him doesn't because he's not connected. That, that, well, yeah, well, so, I mean, there's, 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 you know, digital signage and those kinds of things that can be used to, to you know, for the people who don't have connected vehicles to warn them visually uh, or you can do aftermarket things like onboard units and those kinds of things, or ideally, you know, as, they, as the connected vehicles become more and more uh, prevalent, then those are going to be, you know, but there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But, with, you know, with, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, within your plan, is it connected vehicles to the mothership or connected to the vehicle next to you so that we're all talking to each other? Yeah, so ideally what needs to happen is this all needs to stay local at the intersection, right? right? Because of, you know, communication latency concerns and those kinds of things. This stuff needs to happen real time um, and even actually faster than real time. So, so it needs to actually all stay local. So, you know, you can, you know, pump metadata and those kinds of things to the mothership and to other things. But uh, ideally what we're focused on is trying to keep things local and, and, and help avoid collisions. So do you reach out to a municipality or do they reach out to you for this analysis? Uh, well, I mean, we're obviously from a sales perspective, we're reaching out to those municipalities, making right. them aware of these types of capabilities, because a lot of folks don't realize that this capability exists already today. We can actually, you know, solve a lot of these problems that, you know, some of the infrastructure bills that are going through Congress that may or may not ever get passed, um, what? you know, <laughs> have some focus around Vision Zero, as an example. And a lot of communities uh, are looking at Vision Zero, but they're looking at more from an education and policy standpoint when they could be looking at it from a technology standpoint because there's things out there to help solve for those things. Oh, it's so government. They look at it from a revenue generation standpoint. Right, right. Sorry. So, yeah. So let me ask you this. So yesterday I was getting gas at a, you know, on the corner station, and I heard it, you know, the, the crash and, and turned around. And so, I mean, there was no brakes. So the car was coming through the intersection with a green light. Somebody ran a red light and clipped them. So are, are you thinking that, that at some point – you're going to be able to help prevent that kind of accident? A absolutely. We, we, we actually, so we, we referenced the MIT stuff. We actually have uh, some patents around predicting that red light runner. Um, oh, wow. So we, we can actually identify when somebody is going to run a red light and then, you know, basically send a message to the traffic controller that essentially, in a simplistic terms, maybe uh, turns all, all phases red at, at all directions, right? So everybody's in a freeze mode. So you let that guy who's running the red light clear the intersection. Everybody hopefully stays safe in their in their positions. And then once the guy's cleared the intersection, you return to a normal phase and and, and everybody moves about their business, right? So we're still um, you know several months away from from actually deploying things like that. But 
the, the controller manufacturers definitely want to do that. Um, and we're, we're the type of solution that can actually deliver that messaging to them to help them take those mitigation uh, steps. And that's where the, the connected vehicle is important because what you're looking for is driver reaction to the amber light to, to make your prediction on what he's going to do when it turns red? Is that part of it? it? it yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the, the traffic light becomes that visual uh, signal for the unconnected vehicles, right? Um, if a connected vehicle gets that message, the connected vehicle just stops, right? It avoids that collision because it knows there's somebody who's going to run the, run the red light. Um, but, the, but the red light traffic signal becomes that visual stim, uh, signal for those who don't have connected vehicles to stay in place. Because a lot of times an amber light for me means to accelerate. <laughs> well, but, yeah. but, but like in this case, I mean, it was obvious the guy that ran, the, he literally ran the red light. I mean, it was obvious you turned around and the way the cars were after they struck, no brakes. Uh, one had the green light, one had the red light. And, and I'm trying to visualize what kind of system could actually do that. I mean, that was you're talking about something instantaneous there, and that it'd be great to do it. Well, you look yeah, at... No, yeah, absolutely. And, and, the, and part of what we do is, is the analytics leading up to uh, understanding, you know, how many people are actually running red lights at an intersection. Some intersections, uh, as you say, you know, when it hits yellow, you want to accelerate. Some intersections have a significant number of people that run red lights for whatever reason. And, you know, city managers, departments of transportation managers need to understand what the larger problem in that in that area is that why are all these people running these red lights? Right. So there's some kind of a, a you know, other problem there that, that you betcha. And you help so, them understand that. Yeah, we help them understand that. And then when they're ready to make that leap to an active collision avoidance solution, we do that part of it as well because while you're collecting the analytics that's the core you know components to to make that switch to connected vehicle so you talk about dealing with municipalities what about auto manufacturers because that connectability um, is going to be dependent on their internal systems in the vehicle starting to talk car to car now with the automated braking and stuff that cars can do and then all of a sudden you know life changes yeah, because they automatically back up too in a bit of parking spots and you know how many chips is that going to take so and yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting question. I think the the autos are focused on what they can control, right? Well, and what they, can, what they can control is inside the vehicle. So that's that's going to be their main point of concern. Um, you know, where where we can help is is you know explaining to government that there are safe solutions out there, and to not be fully reliant on the autos to do the right thing, which the, you know, ideally they are. But, you know, they're always doing things in, in, in view of what their technologists say is the best way to do it, right? So you need some standards in place to, for everybody to talk the same language, and, and that's all happening. So how are you integrating artificial intelligence vehicles, cars that drive themselves without a driver? How are you dealing with that and those intersections where people are actually driving their car and running red lights? How is that in it being integrated into each other? Well, it's, it's, it's very limited at this point, but um, what you look at from an autonomous shuttle or an autonomous vehicle that's driverless, right? Um, the onboard safety systems are only as good as what they can see, right? So what Dirk does is we use the infrastructure to become a redundant safety system. If you look at uh, a number of cities have shut down their autonomous vehicle uh, platforms because of emergency stopping. And those vehicles are only going 10 or 12 miles an hour, right? And an emergency stop at 10 or 12 miles an hour still injures people. But when you have the luxury of redundant safety systems, like an infrastructure-based uh, safety system, 
uh, it makes it a lot safer and a lot easier to avoid those emergency stopping situations, which, you know, causes injury for riders. Um, so that, that you have to take those steps, right? And there's a process here, and uh, it needs to follow a process. Uh, we're we're going to be kind of stuck in the mud for a while. So do you have any active interactions with government here in Houston in the southeast Texas area right now? Where, where uh, we, they're listening? Yeah, not, not – not in Texas. Uh, we, we're having lots of conversations, but we don't have any active uh, deployments in Texas. Give us an example of one of the cities that you're currently working with. Uh, so we're, uh, example, we're working with uh, the state of Michigan uh, is a good example. Uh, uh, they went out and secured a, a government grant to do a, a connected corridor uh, on the M1 corridor in from downtown Detroit yep. to the suburbs. Yep. Which M, the M1 corridor has its, uh, I think it's uh uh, fame as being the first paved road in America, uh, so Wood- Woodward Avenue. Yep. And so what they're doing is, is 60 or so intersections uh, to help uh, understand uh, wrong-way driver and near-miss types of components. Uh, so how many times do you know vehicles have a, a near-miss with a pedestrian, uh, as well as identifying wrong-way driver uh, incidents and um, among a, n- a number of other things. Uh, so, so Michigan, as you can imagine, is trying to lead the way uh, in, in these things, obviously, because of uh, the manufacturers right. and that that are right. there. Um, and Makes so, sense. you know, they're trying to drive uh, this from a safety perspective, but also, you know, leading for, you know, uh, economies, uh, new economies in Michigan, new opportunities and those kinds of things. But, you know, so ideally what they're looking at it for is from a, a safety perspective in order to get to autonomous types of solutions and, and that and smarter cars, smarter infrastructure, you need to do these types of projects. Where do you see that going? Is it, is it, is it progressing rapidly? Is it a slow process? Well, it's a, it's a slow process, but um, it, it is a process, right? So what, what, what government needs to understand is how do they accommodate uh, the types of data that are going to be generated from these types of smart infrastructure deployments, right? So by putting sensors and those kinds of things out there, uh, as they take this data, what can they do with it? How do they process it? How do they keep it secure? Um, and, and then how do they analyze it and, and use it for the right reasons, right? So these kinds of, of things are happening right now. Um, and then you, you got to then take that next step to, to transitioning to using that data for connected vehicles. Now, are you actually putting equipment into vehicles? Uh, we do not, no. Um, so we're just software. We're, we're ideally in the infrastructure side of things. We leave the uh, equipment that goes in the vehicle to the, the manufacturers, and then there's specific vendors that do you know, aftermarket onboard unit types of things like that, that look kind of like a, a cell phone or a small tablet. So you, you work with, within, for instance, the traffic control system? Uh, we would, yeah, we, we would work with uh, within the Department of Transportation's traffic control system uh, and with some of their platforms in that. Uh, and then we we obviously take that data and then we create it, put it into a dashboard uh, so that you can use this from a visualization tool and a, a safety uh, uh, tool that allows you to create reports that tell you uh, how many events and incidents are happening, how many people are jaywalking at this particular intersection, how many people are running red lights, et cetera. So that cities and DOTs can understand what what do they need to do to address these problems, and you know, and certainly there are certain parts of cities that are that are more impacted than others, certain parts of states that are more impacted than others. It allows them to to maybe uh, invest a little bit more in some areas where they need to. Well, and and for data collection for you um, to reach out with uh, uh, an app on a phone because the GPS 
data that's on a phone and something that plugs into the ALD connector, ALDL connector of the vehicle, and now you get the vehicle data going through an app, your data collection could be huge. Yeah, there's certainly companies that are focused on that. Um, uh, Dirk is, is not. We're, we're not going to get into that, uh, that data engine processing kinds of things. There's, there's really big companies that have you know, really big uh, data centers that are going to focus on that. Okay. We're going to focus on you know, what's happening at the intersection or certain segments of the free, freeway, highway you know, corridors that, that need focus around safety, right? So what we can also identify is, um, you know, where crashes are happening, right? So I think people know, you know, that most of that data is pretty stale. It takes anywhere from six months to 24 months for them, for DOTs to get some of that crash data back. We can get that real time and, and, and be able to make, you know, on the fly types of transitions for intersections and freeways uh, to accommodate for safety concerns instead we of wait, waiting, right? Well, yeah, we, we have had a rash of wrong-way drivers at oh, yeah. 2, 3 o'clock yeah. in the morning. You know, these are serious high-speed crashes head-on that, mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, a lot of loss of life in, in this city. How can you help in something like that? So there's a couple of things that we do. Is uh, there's, there's vendors that, that have, you know, video uh, sensors that can detect um, yes. uh, the wrong way driver. And then they send a trigger or an alarm to public safety and then public safety, you know, ideally responds. What we do is we took it, we look at those incidents and, and we're kind of a redundant system to, to identify those incidents when they're happening and, you know, in real time. And then we can make some, some infrastructure messaging changes, et cetera. But ideally what we're focused on is uh, understanding why they're happening, right? So w where where on a map are they happening? What times of day, night are they happening? How do they, uh, how how do they access the wrong way on ramp? Right. Or off exactly. Ramp? You know, let's let's you know deconstruct why this is happening right. to help uh, avoid it in the first place. But then you know, if it is a, an incident where there's not much to 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 look at, maybe having public safety uh, deployed in certain areas, you know, on a Friday night, because we're, we're seeing a lot of wrong way drivers, you know, for this particular reason, right? So, you know, and then the manufacturers could plug into, you know, like OnStar, they can slow you down or shut you down, uh, sure. depending yep. on, on what the desire is. Mm -hmm. And you're, you know, would you accept data for, from on, OnStar? Or is that still that's too much data for you? No, we, we do both, right? So we, we, we could actually send data to, to OnStar to let them know that their vehicle is, is going in the wrong direction, and then, then they, they take the, the, the mitigating actions, right? So we don't right, want to right. be in the, in the business of, of changing a streetlight controller or telling a car to turn off. We, we don't want that liability. So, but uh, th there's certainly those vendors that are managing those assets. Uh, they can certainly do that. Jamie, it's a pleasure cool. to talk to you. Very informative and, and great stuff on the cutting edge. And uh, we really appreciate uh, you spending the time with us this morning. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Have a great Saturday. Yep. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Take care. Man. You that's talk a, about high-level stuff. Yeah. That's, that's why it's MIT. But it's yeah. also looking at the natural things that are happening to determine what government or what the municipality can do to affect it. Yeah, we're on the cutting edge, too. So You know, it's like, you know, you get on the highway and it's always a traffic jam at one spot. And I'm looking at, well, if you turn that on ramp off, you wouldn't have that person trying to cross three lanes of traffic. And I'm sure I see it, but I'm sure that's part of the data that they're trying to collect. Exactly. To, to avoid that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, talk to Don Armstrong. He flies a helicopter there talking traffic all the time. You bet. Speaking, he can tell you the bad spots. Speaking of uh, cutting edge stuff. Mm hmm. Why don't we 
take a look at the events calendar. Because there's events. You want me to there's, do it? There's always events. You got it? No, you got it. Okay. Well, again, tonight, Nifty 50s in Grogan's Mill in the Woodlands, the Kima Car Meet. Uh, tomorrow, August 29th, Houston Cars and Cocktails at Little Woodrow's with Houston oh, Performance yeah. Driving. Uh, and then also tomorrow is Lady Chaos Car Crew. They're doing a raffle with a DJ and prizes in the one-year anniversary of them, and that's going to be at Fort- the DJ? Fortress uh, DJ Lady Car Crew, uh, DJ Chaos. Uh, and that's going to be at Fortress Beer Works. Uh, Friday is going to be the uh, Houston Auto Club Meet uh, at 4513 Cullen Boulevard in Houston. And then uh, at, uh, Saturday, sun, excuse me, Sunday, September 5th is the Woodlands and uh, Cars and Coffee for a cor- Cause at Six Pines. Um, and that's going to be up Chaos Coordinator. <laughs> and that's, and that's going to be, uh, again, up in the Woodlands. And that's always a fundraiser. And then let's not forget Woody's Waterfront. Third annual Waterfront Car Show at Topwater Grill, September 25th at 9 a.m. till like 